Simo and Redmond are the thong slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. Hey Redmond, welcome to episode 10 and g'day folks, how are we all today? G'day Simo, you know how happy I am when we do this podcast? How happy are you? I'm fairly happy, it's uh, it's a good thing I enjoy doing it, I look forward to it, it's one of the most enjoyable things that I do every board and I really look forward to it. Oh that's the go, you know it's funny, I just when you said that, I thought I was fully just being baited for one of your, I thought you were going to say, I'm as happy as a pig in shit, or you know you always do those things like flatter than a hammered shit, or happy as a, I don't know, you've probably got something to say. Well I have, I have got one because this uh, muff guard that I've got on my microphone is blowing my breath back into my face and my mouth <laughs> smells like an anchovy's asshole. <laughs> I've got the worst breath Oh man, yeah okay, I know you had a big night last night. Jimmy Barnes in Townsville Entertainment Centre, how was it? That was excellent. Really good Barnes. I rate Barnes. I uh, was drinking old fashions at the casino. The thing with the drinking at the casino is they really serve you quick. There's not the huge lines up and bits and pieces like that. I think they've got a lot more money to throw at yeah. stuff and bits and pieces. So they serve you really quick. But Barnes, he was just next level. He, he sang Wild Thing at volume 11. That's one of my favourite chisel songs. They <laughs> do it on, uh, what's the, the when they broke up their first time they done a live album? The Tin Lids? No. I can't oh. remember, but okay. it was almost a bit of a, a speaking tour for him as well. He, he spoke a lot and he, he talked about a lot of different things and he was really good. I thought he was really articulate and funny. And I rate Barnes. I rate Cole Chisel up there with like Queen and the Beatles, honestly. They can they can do straight rock and roll. They can swing. They can do everything. They're just one of the greatest bands of all time. You know, really and, enjoy that, and that's a scary thing too, really. What are they now, four decades? Pretty much four decades. Yeah. As in, sorry, their music's been around for four decades. I know they've been split and all the rest of it, but it definitely has staying power and just such an iconic Australian band and <laughs> Australian members as well, you know? Yeah, they, when they, they, I've seen them in 2008 when they toured, it's the only time I've seen them when they toured Townsville and they had yeah. Charlie, obviously their drummer passed away and Charlie was their drummer. Something I've never seen a band do that they did that night is the drummer got a six-string guitar, turned it upside down and played Played it like a bit of a bongo, I guess. And he's using the strings like he's what you call muting the strings as well with his hands. Oh, and okay, right. That was really clever. I went, wow, there, there you go. You see as many bands as you ever want to see. And when someone does that, and it was excellent too. It was uh, No, but we bumped everybody up. Barnsley looked up to us and just give us a rock and roll. Dev and I were just absolutely the loudest people there. We were, I was pumping. I was up just pumping the crowd up. There were about 10 people around me all stood up, and we were just like going nuts. It was excellent. I love live music. <laughs> I really enjoy it. It's, it's worth going out for. And the casino was good. It was next door to the casino. We've seen uh, Queen show there a while ago. What, what is it? You know, we will rock you or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, actually, quick sidebar. Have you seen the um, Freddie Mercury movie that's coming out? Have you seen the, the trailers for that or the previews? Sorry. I haven't, but we we definitely Queen fans. We'll be yeah, watching that. I think you'll really enjoy. It. And the guy who plays the lead, I can't remember the actor's name, but he's in uh, Mr. Robot, I think it's called, a TV show. He's been in heaps of movies and stuff. He just looks like he just does a cracker job. So it should be a good movie anyway when that comes out. But um, I can just imagine you, when you sent me a photo, you're wearing your Singapore shirt. I just knew there was <laughs> sh- shit was going astray. Whenever that shirt's on, it doesn't usually mean something subtle is happening. It is. It just when uh, when we went to Singapore for for Deb's fortieth there this year, I bought it uh, that shirt and it's really nice. It's got the dragon. I really like it. It's nice fabric and stuff. I woke up the next morning, just like come to I suppose to be closer, like gain consciousness. And I woke up and I looked at my phone because I was like, oh, that's right, I bought that nice shirt. And I went through about forty photos. Yeah. <laughs> Every one of them, I'm doing like karate chops and I'm like karate and stuff and doing these mad kicks. 
And I said, so Deb woke up and said, have we got any photos of me wearing that shirt not being a wanker? And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I put it's trouble, that shirt, I just, oh. that's my good going out shirt. It's definitely, yeah. you know my other favourite T-shirt. I'm sure you do because you actually gave it to me. Oh, Street Machine shirt with Disturbia on it. It is. I wore that in Sydney when we went down for we went down for something and we stayed a really nice. Deb got on one of those internet sites where you get a five hundred dollar motel room for two hundred bucks, whatever. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I was going to send you the photo that night and my phone ran out of battery, but we went to this really nice bar and I walk in there with blue jeans and a fucking Disturbia t-shirt and, I, <laughs> and, and let everybody know that I had it on and you know, that I didn't sort of fit in there. What was the name of the bar? The really nice bar and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, mate, I love that you spread the gospel at Sturby. I, I do very much appreciate that. But the big question is, with the shirt you've got, the dragon shirt, do you have matching seat covers with that? Or is it just the shirt? Is there all the power mate, in the shirt only? I couldn't put him in the... I couldn't be trusted with him in the in seat covers in the car. I, yeah. I, I couldn't. You know, I'd, Actually, see that, I'd see that dragon. Enter the dragon. Yeah, you know what? If you get in so much trouble wearing that dragon shirt, if you're in the car with dragons on those seat covers... Mate, it's just going to be burnout central. The Utes just going to need new tyres every couple of weeks, I'd say. Yeah. Every couple of hours. The mm. um. Yeah, it's like Jim Carrey in the yeah. mask. You put that mask on, and you just your alter ego comes out. Redmond comes out of Adam, doesn't it? Redmond Simons. Uh, I was going to Redmond Simmons. I think that's a pretty cool name. I like to play on Red Simons, obviously from the Skyhooks, but Redmond Simmons. <laughs> I like Simmons wheels. I started a new job. I started my new job. Oh, how's it going now? You're back to the Spanners, hey? Yeah. Yeah, it's my new old job in a way. I worked for the same company a while ago. And, you know, the fun, not the fun thing, but one of the, yeah, I guess it's fun when you start a, a new crew. Yeah. Is how, you pro- how you profile everybody. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? How you profile the crew. You're always profiling. So you work out, you know, who's the big dog, you know, who's the gun, who's the fucking hide and go seek champion that every crew seems to have, you know, the invisible man, we call him. Yeah, who's the fuckwit? Yeah, who's the snitch? Who's, who's on the way up? Who's on the way out? <laughs> so, something about profiling I really like when you know you profile people. Silence of the Lambs, when Hannibal first meets Clarice mm. in the prison. In the prison, he, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, quite, he's quite horrible too when he says, you know, I, I can tell where you're from, you know, with your, what's he saying? Uh, cheap handbag and knockoff perfume or something like that. He's, he's pretty horrible to her. But she looks him in the eye and says straight back, okay, you've got that great wit. You're able to do that, but can you turn it on yourself? And that's cool the way that she puts it back on him. And I always, always think, when you profile yourself on a crew, where do you fit in? And it's hard. You, you, you think, oh, well, of course, I'm just a good guy, mad work or whatever. You, I'm probably not. But it, it, profiling yourself is one of the hard things, isn't it? You know what? Can I just profile you without even actually having to work with you on a crew? Yes. Court no. jester. End of story. <laughs> Court fucking jester. That's it. That's what I, was, I was watching something the other day, and this guy saying, oh, Stand-up comics, comedians, they've only been around for like 100 years. It's a new thing. I think, fucking bullshit, a court jester. Yeah, exactly. Court jester is the, like, how cool would that be if you're in a feud or whatever and that you had a king and you had everyone like that and had the soldiers had to go out and fight and fucking get stabbed into that shit, but you had your jester. The guy that just sits around the court getting pissed, making everyone laugh. Yeah, well, see, that's you to a T. I could see that at Jimmy Barnes last night. You probably had half the crowd laughing with you as well. <laughs> oh, they were laughing with me, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that, that could be. My, uh, my TTS resume. Actually, I know you were kicking the dick too. What for? I'm going to choose to believe that you didn't know Winston was coming to Townsville and you chose not to tell me that he was in Townsville. He's a charming motherfucker for an older guy. He, he's never been to this house here without bringing Deborah flowers. Not once. I mean, he's been here 30 times and he has never not. Boy, he's just... You've heard this... He, I got him wound up about the LBW story. 
<laughs> or when yeah. I have a few drinks, I can't help it. I think, fuck, I'm going to take... Obviously, he got, just for the listeners, he got banned from uh, county cricket for life back when he was in England for pulling a pistol on the umpire. <laughs> so whenever we drink it, I can't help it. I, I say, oh, so what's it going with LBW? Fuck, he loses his shit, man. He just, it's not even a real rule. It's open to fucking inter- and just, I love it. He can, he, can get, he can get shots over the bar. I can't. I, I ask for a shot. Like, he's just so charming with people. And yeah. He can get a shot. Like He can, he gets free drinks. He got free drinks the other night and I was there. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. But yes, thanks for he's telling me. He's a smooth operator. That's why. This is all it comes down to. Sade, smooth <laughs> operator. We, we're arguing about who pays for the taxi because we went out for a drink. We're arguing about who pays for the taxi. And in the end, we decide somehow to jog home. All right, so it's 5Ks from my place. He beat me home by, I think, four and a half minutes. And this guy, what, 61? Yeah, yeah, 62 soon, yeah. That's a pretty, and just just go off. When he first said that he likes to jog and run and stuff like that, I was sort of expecting, you know, Cliff Young, he used to run the Sydney to Melbourne Marathon or whatever it was. They used to run from Westfield to Westfield. And he kind of used yeah, to like, yeah, he won, like, good on him. Like, the guy won. He was like a, I think he was a dairy farmer or something. He used to shuffle along the highway doing this kind of, strange kind of run and i figured winston would be like that but no mate he's the full usain bolt just yeah he's got it going on he's um cliffy young won that by not having a break i think wasn't that the the secret he didn't he didn't have any rest yeah that's it that's it he's just like an old diesel tractor he just keeps on chugging away and uh yeah the way i remember seeing his shoes after the event like I think he just stopped quickly for shoes. He's probably pissing in a bottle, like doing an old trucky trick or something too. But um, yeah, he just kept on trucking, and I think that was well, definitely. I know a trucky trick he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> see the I'd say the ultra. It's they've even got another name, ultra marathon. Now they do like 250 kilometers or something. It's crazy. They do four or five days now in the states. Oh, it's all around. It's a, it's a world sport, but yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, no, it's definitely not the go. Hey, listen, one thing I just want to talk about is the fact that we're actually at episode 10. Can you believe that? I do believe it. I absolutely believe it because I'm happy. I'm as happy as a pig shit, Simon. <laughs> oh, fantastic. One thing, um, I guess I wanted to sort of cover off a couple of things just for any new listeners who, for some reason, don't go back and start at number one. I think the whole thing with me and just the way my brain structured. So I'm, if I'm listening to like say a new podcast or I'm starting a new show, I always have to go back to like season one, episode one. I have to start at the start. I can't just start like at episode eight and continue on from there. I've got to go back through and start from the very start. I don't know if you're the same. Like it just must be the way my brain works. But for anyone who maybe has just joined us kind of halfway to this episode 10 mark, Thong Slap is basically... The name has come from the Holden 253 or the Holden V8 and, of course, the, the famous noise they make through the exhaust. So that's kind of where our names come from. But I guess the other thing is is that this is just something we do. We just do it. You and I, Redmond and I, we just got together, decided we want to do a podcast, which is pretty much just an extension of the phone conversations we'd have all the time. And basically, that's sort of what this is all kind of spawned from. You know, like we do it for free. We don't make any money out of it. It probably actually costs us money, doesn't it, really? It costs us a few bucks a month for the podcast hosting. But apart from that, you know, it's just something we do because we love doing it and we really hope you're enjoying it. And I guess the thing that probably surprises me and is a good thing is that We'd sort of hoped we'd maybe get a certain number of downloads a month. Like that was sort of the thing we were looking at to make it kind of worth our while and enjoyable. But we've basically tripled 
the downloads that we were projecting that we thought we may get. So, man, I'm stoked. And I guess that's what it comes down to. We thought we'd, we'd do 10 episodes and we'd make a decision after episode, you know, coming into episode 10, whether we we're going to keep going with it or not. And, man, I'm happy to keep on trucking with it if you are. It's just been, it's been such a, a great experience. And I guess, okay, when I say friends, I guess we're sort of talking, you know, cyber friends. But the people we've kind of met along the way has been fantastic too. Would you agree? Absolutely. That's That's been the highlight because, like I mentioned before, it's my introduction to social media as well. Like when we started doing this, you said, look, mate, if you can if you can do the posting, you know, help out with the posting on Instagram, that'd be great. So I'm like, I bumbled around a bit, worked it out. <laughs> Remember about the first 20 photos I said I was going to put on Instagram, I texted them to you first and said, oh, can I put this on, mate? And you're like, yeah. So, oh, okay, well, and actually to start with, I was just sending you the photos by texting. You were putting them up, weren't you? And then, <laughs> and then and I, I work it out. Oh, it doesn't matter what you could, you know, what you put up. It's, um, it's really fun interaction. I'm finding I was a little bit weary of social media because I like I like my smart asses in in person. I like people to be a smart ass. I like witty smart asses that can do it as a person not somebody who's just wanking on a keyboard making it hard for everybody so i was kind yeah, of yep. thinking that it just i thought all social media was that i just thought you put up a blue car and someone writes oh it's a fucking shit box it's got it wrong but they don't not on instagram and we just ask people if you don't like something you know we're going to set a, a, a line in the sand for hopefully a lot of instagram users we kind of want this to be a place for all car fans even if you haven't got a car if you want to send us a photo of anything would i not you know whatever car that you think's cool, send it to us, and, and hopefully we'll get around to them. We'll, we'll put them up. Oh, one guy that I'm really enjoying having a bit to and fro is Neverending Project. Yeah, yeah. Have you yeah. seen the guys XB XC Green Wagon? Wagon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Look, he, he got out. He took it to the summer. And that's he loved it. When someone loves, I'm getting excited. Yeah. When somebody loves a car that much, I don't care what the car is. It's not important. The, that's the the material side of the car is the least. If that guy had like a, a blown Mustang Mark One big block, whatever, he'd be cool as well because he's That's putting right. that in. So send us your stuff and we'll, we'll get to it. And I really like talking to people. All the 350 Munro's got a good a good Instagram. He puts up some interesting stuff, and I think he might be more our age as well. Look, definitely, and that's the whole thing too, but I guess one thing that we always agreed on, you know, we want everyone to have a good time. There's enough other crap that goes on with life in general, day-to-day shenanigans that, you know, it's supposed to be fun, it's supposed to be somewhere where kind of people can escape and have a few laughs about the past, so it's been fantastic so far, and like I said, the beauty with this podcast, we do it for free, all it costs us is a bit of time and a little bit of dollars. And it's something that's happily absorbed by us. And the beauty of it is because we're not sort of having to pander to any sponsors or do anything like that. We can say what we want to do and we can do it how we want to do it. And we hope that's what you guys enjoy too, you know, and we'll happily talk about stuff that's happening as well. So send us your stuff, send us your photos, tell us stuff you like. It's all stuff that we're happy to interact with you with as well. So I guess from both of us, thank you so much for the support you've shown us. And we're happy to keep on trucking with the podcast and hope we, you know, you continue to enjoy it. We're going to do some, it's changing as we, as we discuss, we Started the short series to the 60. Yes. So yeah. People understand that to the 60 is a reference from drag racing to the 60 foot. That's just some short stories that Simon and I have written. And we're going to just, we can kind of fill it in, put put one in on the opposite Thursday. So there's something yeah, you can just do. And it, it's meant to be a quick thing that you can just get on listening. You don't have to have 30, 40, 50 minutes spare. 
Yeah. So we're hoping, and, we, and we've got another giveaway coming up after our uh, Gen Y of the Year that we're still working with. Um, once we'll, we'll release the details of that once we finish Gen Y of the Year. Uh, yeah, Mood, sure. Hashtag Moot's still a go. A lot of people are posting up stuff like that. Would you like, Simon, to talk about cars? I always love talking about cars. Amen. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah. What do you got? Okay. Do you want to go and do, finish off 2002? Where that is where we're up to. <laughs> I guess we should see. We're into our third episode with it. Yeah. So go for it, mate. Let's get cracking. Right. I will. Uh, one of the my, nearly my favourite car. Well, one of my favourite. Everything's my favourite. It's my favourite song. One of my. I've learnt to say that as well. When you say it's they're the best band, that's the wrong thing. When you say that, that's the best car, what I've learned to say is it's one of my favourites. Yeah, yeah. So you don't corner yourself. It's just a good way to use in conversation stuff with people when you, you know, like Rex Webster's not the best car ever been built. It's just my favorite, one of my favorites. Yeah, you know? hedge your bets uh, there. That's the guy. Yeah, there's too many. Cho- there's there's too many choices and there's too many different genres of cool cars or music or movies or whatever to pigeonhole yourself like that. So yeah, you know, spread the love around. There's nothing wrong with that's that. Right. Mm. Flamethrower in November 2002. Uh, the story is by Arby and the photos by Martin Wecklecky. Wecklecky is it? It's uh, Luke Young's blown HX with the flame job. It's a crack. oh, is it, is it yeah. a Ute? Was it on the cover? Yeah. Yes. Well, yep. see, that's, that's interesting about it. it. Was on the cover of April 2002, but not in the magazine. It wasn't featured as a feature car. Okay. Sorry. But and when did you say it was featured? Later on yeah. that year. Yeah, and it, it was the poster car in that in April two thousand two. It was one, it was on back to back with uh, Drago's Gemini. Oh, but then okay, in right. two thousand and two, it actually featured. It was yeah. so later on. It's it's a bit strange. It's no secret I like holding Utes. Everybody does, you know. Wayne Pagel's injected Ute and stuff. It's funny how your your tastes change and mature or fucking immature or whatever. In Bathurst, when I was growing up, I didn't like the BNS Utes, you know, yeah. with the Ebor beef. Yeah, sure. I had a Gemini Datsun, and just and we used to take a shit to the dirt straight away. So we used to accuse anybody with nice wheels or a nice paint job of being a tar baby. That's an insult, like a tar baby. You can't drive, you know, get the thing on the dirt. That's where the, we were just substituting for our motocross bikes. Basically, that's how we were um, we were using our cars at the time. It was a fair insult actually to call someone. Ah, oh, fucking, he's got you know Simmons wheels or a. Are you sure you're just substituting for motorbikes? You weren't substituting for anything else that may have been lacking? I'll, I'll post a photo of that new judge. <laughs> hey, sorry, uh, that's terrible. <laughs> touche, sir, touche. Yeah. Um, it's a flame job. Luke's Ute's a flame job with 308 in it. HX Ute's got 275 TAs under it. Probably 265s, 275s under it. He bought the 9-inch out of the trading post. Uh, you know, the trading post, remember that? I remember the, it well, yeah. It used to come into the to the crib hut every Thursday. It was the Bible. The, the trading post is a, a classified newspaper that used to come out once a, once a week in Australia for to keep Gen Y in the loop. And it was the absolute Bible. It had cars. It had everything you wanted. There'd be four mechanics and they'd buy four copies of it. <laughs> there's there's yeah. no way. I remember people saying, "Oh, you know, where's you know where's Osborne Park or where's Warrington?" Trying to work out if the car was cheap enough and it was close. Yeah, so Luke bought his, his nine-inch out. That's something that Luke says in the piece that Arby wrote is, if it couldn't be done on the cheap, it wasn't getting done. Yeah, but yeah. The, it's not a SUV, but it, I, I remember the BNSUs. I didn't like them, and now if I see one, the, there's a local car club here that does the Utes with all the flags. I love them. You know, I think that it's. But in back in the day, I didn't like them. I didn't really think a lot of them at the time when they first came out. There were plenty of other options of what you could do with Holden Utes. But just to, now to see them driving around, because it's been a style that's been prevalent for, say, you know, 20-odd years, it's, it's almost like it has its own genre. It's almost like a style of car build. 
Uh, I definitely yeah. prefer, you know, when it's done to the earlier, so HQ to WB Holden Utes over the later model Commodores, but I can still handle it. I just like stuff that's not just factory nut and bolt restos, to be honest. I'm more than happy to see these guys tearing around these things, and there's nothing that sounds better than a 253 with twin stacks coming up behind the cab. I've got two cousins at a shearers. Uh, they live out of Cape in New South Wales, and they both had Holden panel vans. Kind of yeah. done the same way, but they used to sleep in themselves for their work. They were shearers with bull bars. They both had 400 small block Chevys in them. It was just funny at the time. I've written somewhere for a magazine. I can't remember what magazine about Australians back then used to be able to get it done with the WBU. Yeah. You know, they used to be able to get, but apparently now you need to be jacked up with a wheel. I know the Outback must have got harder, has it? Because, you know, you can't do it without wheels and winches <laughs> and bull bars and, and all this. There's a guy in my suburb that lives, if, if, I want to have a yard one day. So he's got a Commodore Ute and he's a tradesman. I was saying, Jesus, what's, what's wrong, mate? Fuck. Look at you know, How does it feel to have a five grand unit? Is you know cool? You're actually using your brain. You know why don't you get a fifty thousand dollar Navara with the acceleration of a fucking phone box? Yeah, exactly. But that's the whole thing. You still see the odd old school, especially one tonners. I still see quite a few one tonners getting around. Okay, these things have been kind of raped and pillaged to their eyeballs over the years. But mate, they're still trusty. They're still doing their work. They're still doing everything they have to do. And I think that's really cool that these people stick with these things too instead of replacing them with what's new. So What about the, what about the two HQs that I sent you from Mount Isa, the, the brothers that live yeah. in the park? That is just a phenomenal story. That I'll, we'll, I'll, I don't want to we'll talk about that. But there's the ice one that works out there. That it's on the ice run. delivers ice, and it's still in duty. It's, yeah. It's, it's had about yeah. five, five white paint jobs. It's had about 300 tyres. <laughs> mm. That's but right. Just to finish off on the BNS. Do you know what the lucky door prize is? The BNS? No, never been to one. Oh man, so it's funny because I I know that heaps of mates have been stitched up. So yeah, the BNS. Now oh, everyone shut up. Get the fucking lucky door prize, mate. Right, Simon, you've won it. You're like a fucking ripper. So you come up on stage and they handcuff a shit house door to you. <laughs> oh god. And they just and they, you have to go. And, <laughs> Why? It's a, you've won the door, so you've got to go and try oh, and kick. Of course. If you're a bit of a little league guy, like whatever, you just go, well, fuck me, I've got to wear this thing, or you got to go and kick it or help him. I've seen guys like hook it up into a bull bar, right, go. It's, <laughs> it's the lucky door prize. It's, <laughs> That's awesome. It's so much more fun before mobile telephones and everyone was filming. You could just be a spastic. That's my new job. They've banned mobile phones on site. It's funny when you know you mentioned that to me. I was thinking, oh, it must must have to do with productivity, and I kind of aren't surprised. Like I think, Jesus Christ, the productivity of everyone has probably just gone down the toilet since mobile phones were introduced, especially this social media aspect of mobile phones. Like, I don't know, it's scary. I mean, you can't even go to a bus stop or drive past a bus stop nowadays with someone just standing there looking. Everyone's got their heads in their phones. It's kind of scary. The, this is not me editorialising because this sounds like something that I would fictionalise. So we go to Smoko and I, I, they just said, look, mate, it's going to be easy for everybody if you leave your phone back at the camp. And everybody does. It's just easy because you give – anyway, so you know what we done at Smoko and this is the truth. You know what we done? We have fucking yarn. Yeah, right. Actually talking thought, to yeah. people. Yeah. And the worst thing is, like, you know, you're used to saying, oh, I haven't, remember this car. And I had nothing. I just had the magazine. So it's kind of a bit funny because you can't show people photos of cars and bits and pieces. But if it was my choice, I'd take my phone to work. But not having it has, has, has worked out pretty decent, really. Is that like kind of, to try and describe a car, you almost like playing charades? Are you like up there, you know, getting your hands and arms and everything into it is part of your descriptions? No, I just got, a, um, I just got some butter and drew, drew the car on the table with butter. Oh, pro heart style. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. 
Yeah, so, no. yeah, no, nah, it's, um, fuck, I had something else to do about the, the crib hut, but what was it? I can't remember. Yeah, okay. What, what did you have for lunch? Was it, did you make a nice sandwich or something? Oh, fuck yeah, man. I ate like a fucking champion. That's the thing, too. It's been a while since I've uh, actually been on the tools. Last job before that, I was fucking shiny ass just polishing the seat. So it took me a bit to, you know, it's not as if it's not, you're not being a triathlete, then truck mechanic, but it's it's not super physical. But fuck, it took me a couple of shifts to get oh. back in. Mate, look, I know exactly what you're saying. I think it just depends on the day, too. Can you remember, like, when you're younger? It was nothing to come home on a Friday, pull your motor out, do something to it, get it all back in, go to bed at like five o'clock in the morning, get half an hour's sleep, get up and take it to the drags. Like you just do it. The number of times I had the automatic transmission in and out of my Valiant because I was trying to put too much horsepower through a Bull 135 and like I'd come home on a Friday, jack the car up, get the auto out. I'd, I'd drop actually like lay the automatic transmission i'd be on a creeper and i'd put the transmission on my chest and i'd roll out from underneath the car on the creeper with the transmission on my chest pull it apart fix what had to be fixed get it all back in and go it's just crazy it's cra- and now crossed it takes me half an hour to get motivated just to jack a car up let alone to do anything else i mean you go through phases i suppose other days it just happens like no problems but yeah it can be tough i think it's just the ailments of getting older which make it harder arms and you know have you got under a dash lately to do anything like as in wiring or something like that under your car oh fuck no I've oh managed jesus yeah. no you nearly need to take the like the seats out and like make it that like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah look seriously yeah, yeah. it's worth it's worth the time to take four you know bolts out and take a seat out i put musical horns in my mr juicy panel van last week and i had to obviously get under the dash and you know wire a switch and a few other bits and pieces like that and Jesus Christ, it was like freaking trying to be like corkscrewed in there underneath the dash to do everything. And I came out, I was walking around like that guy from Sling Blade, you know, like the hunchback, trying to straighten myself up, go home, have a nice stinking hot bath to get my back working again. So, yeah, but remember when you were a young fellow, I bet you managed to do a bit of aerobics in, inside a car, if you know what I mean. Well, <laughs> yeah, especially when you have a mini, no question. Yeah. <laughs> I described that going. <laughs> I'm not going to describe it. <laughs> the, um, I remember just of a weekend getting home on a Sunday after going riding like dirt bikes or, or going away with Mick to race somewhere or, or coming back, just getting mm. back getting back at 11, 12 o'clock on Sunday at midnight, even one to leave your bike still on the ute, your, your gear's all dirty, you've got no lunch pack for tomorrow, your ute's unfueled, just heaps of weekends in a row doing that and just waking up Monday morning at like 6 o'clock and going, oh, fuck, I've got to do everything. Yeah, now. that's exactly right. That's exactly, and that's, yeah. I guess that's the kind of stuff I just can't do anymore, you know. <laughs> I need to have like one day a weekend at home. This is my old man ruling now. So, but that's, you know, at the end of the day too, that's the only way you get shit done as well, is you just make sure you put that time aside, make whatever you have to do, especially car-wise I'm talking, make it a priority. And that's what you're going to hear too with a bit of Domestic Bliss uh, next episode. I have been kicking goals like you wouldn't friggin' believe. Good domestic bliss. With an E-horse? E-H? Mate, yeah, everything. Everything. I've just thought, you know what? This is just... It's just time to get this stuff done. And, um... Like, oh... The king You're of unfinished projects. So, <laughs> it just has to be done. And a lot of it's general maintenance, too. But, um... It's funny... With, you know, like, talking about 2002... I just wanted to mention... I mentioned that when we did 1991 about the, the top van. Australia's top van for that year. I actually want to do... 
uh, talk to you about Australia's top van for 2002. And it was actually Hayden Rowley's XC Falcon panel van. And the thing that makes it interesting was this was actually the third year in a row that he'd won this. He actually had a good run from 2000 to 2004 with Australia's top van. And the thing with Hayden's van, it was definitely that sort of time when panel vanning had gone from being, you know, full wild customs and this and that, like, you know, custom fronts and wild interiors. They were really taking on a street machine vibe as far as their build quality. So basically, say for example, Hayden's XC van, you could easily make it an XC hardtop with the paint, the interior, the wheels, the engine combination, it'd look like a a street machine. So that whole street machine influence was just fully blanketing the panel van scene. Because um, also, too, like a couple of years before that, the actual Australian top van with Andrew Hoffman's HQ, sorry, it's HJ Holden panel van. And that's the thing, like, that was also done to the same soul. That was actually featured in Street Machine back in those days when you'd never see panel vans featured anywhere. And it was the same deal. Mint smooth panel and paint, no murals, no bubble windows, just nice, clean, tidy cars that were really taking on that street machine influence. Kind of similar to what you see nowadays. I remember you mentioned a few episodes ago you really liked Gary Cicluna's uh, Escort Skid Row, the blue Escort panel van. Yep, I do. It was kind of, yeah, 2002 in the van scene. It was the start of this whole, I guess, tidal wave building of street machine-based panel vans to seeing what you get nowadays, like such with, with Gary's Escort. I mean, that thing won top van, I think it was five years in a row. So, and in recent times, yeah. Got any more cars you want to talk about for 2002? Or can I wrap just, up with a bit of bit of uh, TV and movies? Can I, I'll just, it's not a car, but it's from 2002. Yeah, yeah, uh, go for it. No, November 2002, Street Machine Magazine. You may have heard of it. It's it's kind of a little magazine in Australia. Yeah, yeah. It's called it's called Nightlife. The the article. Yeah. And it's it's written by Hot Rod Jones, and the photos are by Gar- a guy Bowden. It's a story about rat rods, and an attempt oh, to God. give you road rage. I'm going to read some of it to you. So, I know <laughs> I know that you've got a little bit of a hair trigger. So I'll, I'll read. These are the rules of the Hot Rod Club. Road night rules. One, matte paint only. Black gloss can be accepted. There is nothing better than original hubcaps. Number two. Number three, engine power runs second to body chopping. So number four, if you can't buy it, build it. Number five, radial tyres are for Nancy's. I might sign you up to them. Yeah, look, I just don't do the club thing. I'm sorry. I'm not good with, you know, any kind of elitism anywhere. So... Yeah, I, I look. It's not that I disagree with with some of those rules, but just the whole word of rules to start with. I don't know. I'm just too old and intolerant for that bullshit anymore. Maybe you have a little bit of OCD with your, you know, this, the way that you like everything. You start podcasts at number one, and you know, like everything. I've actually, mm. I've actually found the cure. Well, I've never actually had OCD. I've got the opposite. I've got what's called being a slob. Man, I just am so unorganised shit. <laughs> hey, a big movie from 2002 was Super Troopers. Have you seen that? I haven't, sorry, no. Oh, man, do yourself a favour. It's so up your alley. It's about the uh, highway patrol from Spurbury in Vermont. And oh, yeah. it is hilarious. The best part is, is like they... Like, it's obviously, you know, a bunch of highway patrol police officers and they, they do stuff like messing with people. And there's this scene where these they pull these stoners over and they're just trying to trip him out by... <laughs> he's like... 
they'll drive past them and then they'll be flying back in reverse and they do all this other stuff with other people like you know they dare each other to see how many times they can say meow when they're talking to someone so can you pass me your license there meow you know like just stupid stuff like this so it's definitely good to see but the, the reason i mentioned that is super troopers 2 is actually out at cinemas at the moment so it's a big year gap 16 years between the two movies so do yourself a favor and, and make sure you see super troopers i'll be interested to see what your i guess opinion or impression is of that as well right deborah's got a lot of movie films and stuff on oh, some such and such a thing here i'll um i'll just write that down scratch it down with my pencil super trooper yeah, yeah, give that a go. And also, too, have you ever been a Top Gear man? Did you ever watch Top Gear? Yes, definitely. Fan, massive fan of them guys. They are brilliant. They, I am. I've, I've even been a defender of them. I've even, I really like what they do. It's fucking entertainment, mate, right it there. It is. Yeah. It is definitely. But it's funny, like, Top Gear has been around for decades, of course, as in before the, the current format. And it was around for years, like in the 80s and 90s and stuff. But the reborn format of Top Gear was actually out in 2002. Now, of course, the host you had, you know, you had James May, you had um, uh, Mental Blank. Clarkson. Clarkson, Jeremy Clarkson. And you had the little guy. Um, Captain Slow. Yeah, the guy crashed the jet car. But they actually had a fourth member was Jason Dorr. Do you remember him? He was like a, a bigger, like a bit of a portly fella. He was the fourth, I guess, member yes. of the Top yeah. Gear crew. And he I've disappeared kind of soon after. He was around for a lot of the early ones, but that rebirth happened in 2002. So, you know, we've got a lot of years out of that later format. And I agree, it's a hilarious show. Always enjoyed it. Some of the crazy stuff they did was good. On, as far as like local shores go, Kath and Kim started 2002. Yes, very funny. Yeah. Russell Glenn Clint, Robbins. Russell yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. Glenn <laughs> Robbins makes that show, and without any fear of retribution, the funniest scenes in that show is him doing his power walking. <laughs> Have you seen that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, man, it just cracks me up every time. Yeah, he makes that show, no question. Glenn Robbins, a.k.a. Russell Coit, which, you know, should be really any surprise because he's a great talent, that's for sure. But, um... I guess the show I want to talk about the most, and this is sort of a real shame when it comes to what I enjoy as a, as a television watcher. Australian Survivor, the first ep- or the first series of Australian Survivor happened in 2002. Now, the original Survivor was released, I think it was about 2000, the, the one with Jeff Probes from America. That started in 2000, I think it was, but the Australian version was 2002. It was absolute shite. Yeah, right. Terrible. Oh, it was terrible. Now... The reason I say this, I'm actually a massive Survivor fan. Like, I've never missed a season in all the years as in the US Survivor. And most people just turn up their noses when I say this, but I don't really give a shit. I love that show. And like I said, I watch it season after season. I get hooked into all the personalities, love everything about the show. But unfortunately, sometimes the Australian versions just don't have that same punch and don't draw that same level of interest for me. And Australian Survivor... Back in 2002 was like that. I did try and watch the latest ones that have come out in the last couple of years, but I just never got through them all. Um, I don't know. Look, it's definitely a very difficult format to try and replicate to, say, like the big budget US versions. Same with shows like The Amazing Race. Do you watch any of that sort of stuff or am I just talking to myself now? No, I I haven't. um, I know. I haven't seen any. What is it? It's an elimination, is it? Pretty much, yeah. Like Survive, where they they dump these people on an island or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I'm, I'm, season. I, yeah. I think that's what it is, and you got to work. Social you game. To, you yeah. have to make um, 
shelters and stuff or something. I haven't. I pretty much. Have not, I've probably have never watched. Never watched one episode, but um, yeah, I do. I'd like to go on it. I think. I think you'd be great on it. Actually, that's yeah. a really good idea. I might enter you for the next one. Hmm. Yeah, they do a bar. Yeah, I reckon it could be the go. The only thing is the American one. You actually have to be an American, a U.S. citizen, but we could probably get into the Australian one. So I think we need to do a push. Redmond for Australian Survivor. Yeah. I just love to think, see how you come across on TV. I think it'd be awesome. Have they got a bar? Like, can you get pissed there? No, no. You're lucky to eat rice yeah, and water. Yeah, maybe. What? Yeah. And catch yeah. fish. I hope you like. Hope you like seafood. Uh, yeah, I'll eat fucking gym boots if I'm hungry. <laughs> Lucky you've got that, that train of thought for it, so that's definitely the go. So. Yeah, I think, I think I will go on it now that you mention it. Yeah, okay. Well, let's get you, let's get you, you know, nominated, and let's do a, a video for your application for the next season. What do you reckon? A nude video? <laughs> no, 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 no. Deb's told me all about those. I'm just going to make a normal video. So. Oh, no, that's, uh, you know, we haven't got to get on to the GoPro on the bed jokes. On that note, I think we need to move on from anything to do with you with videos and nudity and beds no, and GoPros. We are up to a bit of Bible studies. Hang on. Okay, right, Street Machine Magazine, June 2018. I need to know your rig of the month, sir. Right, my rig of the month, I'll start this piece with a question to you, Simon. And you've got... (laughs) We could say boobs. You've got one second to answer it. I'm sure you'll manage. If I was to say to you there's a green Tirana in Street Machine, who wrote the article? Andrew Broads. (laughs) <laughs> that's our mate Broads you are dead right? I knew as soon as I seen the green Toronto because the first thing I like to do is look who wrote the story and look who took the photos that green LJ is a very nice car isn't it yeah the LC of Jason McGrath yep and yep. then when I was starting to read the article oh, sorry I didn't mention the gentleman's name you're right when I started to read the article I had a look and I thought that gear stick looks a bit funny and then I read top loader I just went you fucking little champion and <laughs> the three hour wait in it I've yeah. got the first top loader feature car since Grunter Maybe not, but maybe. It is cool, eh? Like, I've got to say, look, I know you're obviously mentioning this because it's your rig of the month, and I'm going to be high-fiving you because it's my rig of the month as well, which probably makes it boring for everyone else, but I don't really care. Look, I couldn't agree more. It's an awesome colour. It's a quick car. It's got the manual. It would sound awesome just rowing through the gears up the road. Everything about that car just ticks the boxes for me. Like, I wouldn't want to change one thing about it. I wouldn't Agreed. change one thing. Yep. Yep, I just jump in it, drive it. <laughs> Can I just say just quickly, one of the things I love that, that about that story the most is Broads referring to a manual transmission as a, I quote, a millennial anti-theft device. <laughs> yeah, love uh, it. Yeah, was- no, it, it is a great car. I also love, too, the fact that he makes mention that he didn't want to build a GTR replica, so it runs yeah. just like a base on the Toronto S, still runs the non-fluted guards, etc., etc. The one thing I do like, though, that's kind of a little bit GTR-based is the fact that he used the GTR dash, but he painted, as in, sorry, just the bezel, but he painted it kind of that beige to match the rest of the interior and just used the auto-meter gauges. I just think everything about that car ticks the boxes for me. I don't like I said. There's not one thing I would change on it, and yeah, it's sort of the sort of car I hope to see in the flesh one day. Mm. I think it's good how it looks. It gives the impression of being a simple car. When you have a look at it, it's got a, you know a 308 manual. 
It's got a really neat interior. If anyone who's built a car, which is anyone that's listening to this, I'm, I'm sure, you know how hard it is to get something to look like it was easy. If that makes that's sense. Exa- yeah, look, definitely. And especially the thing too, okay, if you lay it out like this, there's been a shitload of LC and LGA Tiranas built over the years. There's been a shitload with big angry engines, heaps with nice interiors and paint and all the rest of it. It's a, The basic formula has been done numerous times. But the fact that you can pull off that basic formula and it just looks so fantastic, it obviously it says a lot about like Jason and his ability to build a car, but also to match together, to make all those elements work so well together. You know what I mean? To make it a standout, to make what is you know a, a very common theme or commonly sort of built car with a common theme as far as nice paint, nice interior. Just those little touches make it, and the absolute the the overall vision of the project, it just makes it a standout amongst a, a sea of what could be you know just another tidy LC or LJ Tirana. So I definitely tip my hat to him for that car. I just think it's, it's a really cool car. It's tough. It looks amazing. Like I said, I'd love it. Wouldn't change a thing. A couple of waypoints for me is I say when you're looking at a magazine, you have to look. You don't have to. I mean, some features look different from different angles. So if you look at the mm. seats in in the photo on page 94, they look yeah okay. The seats look okay, but to really understand what he was aiming for with the seats, if you have a look at 92, the side-on profile. Yes. That make, yeah. To me, they make a lot more sense. And the other thing that I like about it, apart from the everything, <laughs> one of my favourite things about it is it's a 308, it's a top loader, but you know it's got drum brake rear end? Oh, has it still? I yeah, didn't notice. It's got the, yeah, it's got the drum brake rear end, so I'm like, well, there you go. That's when I go, you know, it's got the Wilwood muscle and stuff in bits and pieces, but it, yeah, it's like I said with Grunter. Grunter's got the, the top loader, the 308, the jelly beans, stuff, components we've all owned. You know, we all haven't owned a yeah. 572 or a Hemi, or we all haven't owned a supercharger, but most of the gear on this LJ, we've probably all owned it's at some stage, you know. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think the thing is too, especially normally, like to be honest, I don't usually go for high back buckets in cars, like even, you know, like of that era, but they just work in that car. Like when I first read this, read what the seats were, I thought, oh, but then when I actually looked at the photos, it works perfectly. It's sort yeah. of something that I'd never normally go for. Um, like say, for example, you know, I've got VG hardtops. I've never put charger bucket seats or anything high back bucket in them because I just think it looks looks wrong. You know, you Rex need that open space. Window, yeah. Mm, but I, I think, yeah, I think the overall package of this car is well thought out and it's really, you know, nicely finished. And it's no wonder it, you know, romped, romped so well at Summonats and all the rest of it too. But, um, yeah, look, I, I guess the fact that that was your rig of the month, did you, you know, how'd you go choosing a poster trial? Choosing a poster trial, okay, it's, what's the date today? May 25th. So it's actually April the 47th or something because what I had to do, I went out to my shed. <laughs> I, I, I like both the cars. <laughs> Allow me to explain. <laughs> okay. I, really, I really liked uh, VH Commodore and I really liked the coupe. I could not take down that blown EH from my shed. It's still up. Sorry. That's oh, what... the red one from, yeah, from the April, yeah, yeah the May issue. Sorry. Yeah. Both them cars, obviously, I'm a fan of uh, hard tops and I'm a fan of that. Who wouldn't be that stinky VH? Mm. I could not take it down. So I, I said, ah, oh, well, it can, it can stay there. And it, uh, the only car that I've done that with was uh, Grunter as well. So. What about you for a poster child, my friend? What's your your poster? Um, look, I chose Phil Ebenson's XB hardtop, the white hardtop. But just quickly, and the reason I just want to quickly mention this, just on that green Tirana, just lastly, I swear it's got an XYGT mirror on the driver's door, yeah. right? Okay. And I love that. I think it's a great touch. I just think the fact that he's not 
he's chosen just to use what he thinks looks good, regardless of make and model, where people go, oh, that's a Ford mirror, you can't put a Ford part in Holden, get fucked. Look, I think that's a really cool thing. But the reason that leads me into Phil Edmondson's XB hardtop, I love the fact that he's got those the Subaru stickers on the front guards, but he's like they're different because they've got the turbo in it instead of the air cleaner. Yeah, Have you had a look at that? Yeah, I did. I, I just think it. Look, oh, I guess the thing too, especially with Phil's XB hardtop, right? I have a real, a, a big affection for drag challenge cars. I just love stuff that enter drag challenge. Like, they impress me more than probably anything else. Mainly because I know, like, especially this thing. He's run an 846 at 165 mile an hour with a Clevo in a really heavy car. And the fact that, Fuck you know, that's I know, it's so impressive. Yeah. And you, but you see the thing he takes on drag challenge. Like, it just, it just, so he's driving this thing as well as racing it. Like, I don't know. I think that's what impresses me the most is that it's the man for all seasons. It's used for everything. And also, too, the fact that, hey, you know, he, he went with the hard top because he really likes it. And he hasn't been worried about, oh, trying to restore it to factory original. Or, you know, is it going to affect the resale value? He's building and racing the car he wants, how he's going to do it. I think it looks super cool, white with the stripe. And I love how he's got the, like, the chin spoiler on it, too. So I think it's a great-looking car to start with. But... I think the thing, too, that I really liked and, and probably, I guess, goes to show the dedication of Phil with drag racing and his love for, say, drag challenge and also just, just wailing on this hardtop is the fact that he says if the Clevo shits itself, he'll fit a barra motor or a Coyote. So he's not a purist in, the, in any way, shape, or form. He's a racer. And I think that's fantastic, especially, look, you know, with the way hardtops are and the way that they're lauded, and rightly so, because they're a cool car. I just love the way he's, he, you know, he hasn't gone, oh, well, you know what, my XB hardtop, it's it's too valuable to cut up or to race. I'll go buy myself a, you know, a sedan or some late model thing to race instead. He's like, no, nah, I'll just keep building it the way I want it. So, you know, I've got to tip my hat to him for that. So that's cool. Can I expand on your spotto of the mirror on the LJ? Yeah, sure. LC, yeah. No, isn't it the LJ? Isn't it the LJ? LC, my friend. God, I'm a fucktard. I've been calling nah. it an LJ. That's okay. LC, right up. Yeah. Well, that, fuck, that fucks up my next piece here. This is what it was going to be if it was an LJ. <laughs> okay, you hang know, on, hang on, hang on. Let's just, for the sake of the podcast, let's assume it's an LJ. Just blur your eyes, and when you look at the photos, it'll look like an LJ. Okay, so you know, yeah. what, you, know, you know what we say when we want to blur the lines? By the power... Vested in fiction. All right. Okay, so right. blow your eyes, have a look, and tell me about Jason's LJ Tirana. <laughs> right. You know why it's got one mirror, one Ford mirror, don't you? Why's that? You know the GTHF Phase 3 Falcon only had a driver's side mirror, didn't it? Oh, really? I thought they had two. Okay, yeah. there you go. Nope. That's one of the things, you know, like the fuel, the square base aerial, the GT fuel filler, the overriders, all the stuff for the XY. Oh. Yeah, so a Phase 3 Falcon. One of the, it only came out with one mirror. But as we know what the LJ done to the Phase 3 at Bathurst in 72, I think he's taken his fucking mirror. You know, like you take okay. someone's sleeves when you drag racing or, you know, you, you burn the ashes of the stumps of the ashes or whatever. Yeah, okay, yeah. You know, the cricket, you know. So well, I think like that's a... because it won that medal, trophy. Yeah, okay, no, that works for me. I'm happy with that concept except, too. Yeah, except it's not an LJ, fuck yeah. <laughs> that would have been a great piece if it was a fucking LJ. Oh, uh, look, it's still good now. I like the concept. And, hey, when you're hot, you're hot. At the end of the day, that's, that's all that counts, okay? You should, I've got a really good um, Action Jackson for you. Oh, mate, hit me with it. It's a fucking FJ. Okay, which one? Tell me more. 
it's on page 18. There's a gentleman called Simon Major that writes Fanging Flick, and there's a black and white photo oh, of Oh, F.J. Holden movie, yeah. There's a black and white photo of a humpy pedalling down the streets. Let's just get this clear. Yeah. I'm going to choose the humpy photo in any street machine magazine, full stop. It could have fucking Clive Palmer on it, naked, and I will choose it as one of my favourite photos. It's great. And actually, That's a big call. Pardon the pun. <laughs> good thing about it is, too, just a word credit, you know, like the word point. The opening line in this piece is, any piece that starts, this is the opening line. Polish your chromies and grab some tallies. Well, <laughs> Fuck, that got see- my attention. It just seemed appropriate for that era that the the movie was made. And I think I love about that movie. Look, I know I gave the acting a hard time in that review because it kind of deserved it, to be honest. But it doesn't mean I don't like the movie. And I just love the sights and sounds of Sydney, you know, from that time, from when the movie was shot. And especially the sound of that grey motor cruising up through the gears. Like, there's a lot of road scenes. Have you actually seen the FJ Holden? You've seen the movie? I haven't. Right. Get your pencil out, put it on your list again, like put it you know, under Super Troopers. It's another movie you have to right see. Right. And you'll really enjoy it, especially because you love Humpies. Uh, Simon, mm-hmm. can you give me your action, Jackson? Okay, now, no surprises to you, there's going to be a few. First up, page 78, Pat O'Shea's XR Fairmont from Drag Challenge. I just love that, love that shot. Beautiful car. Pretty much anything at that drag challenge feature looks cool. Like there's a lot of great, great shots there. And on the, on the, I guess the heels of that, the Trans Tasman Showdown over there in New Zealand with the, the Gasser Racing, page 99. You've got Garth White's 1963 and a half Galaxy. It's doing like a power skid, you know, like a warm up burnout. You seen that photo, page 99? Yep, I got. Right. It's got empty written on the door. Is that the one? No, mate. Bottom of the page is the uh, 1963.5 Galaxy, the two-door. Man, it looks like an ocean liner doing a burnout. The car is so long and low. There's something about that photo I love. I think that's really cool. Uh, And if you flip over the page, you can see uh, Peter Raines, his badass 257 Chev doing a burnout crossed up from the back (laughs) of the shot. Oh, it looks super cool. And look, while I've got you on that page, a special mention for me, I wanted to mention... Just to the left of that was uh, Ian Gerachorsky's Pontiac, 63 Pontiac Gasser. I think that thing's tough as. I love the fact oh, it says it's true. Because it fucking enough. is. Yeah, exactly. I think at the end of the day, because obviously I love the whole Gasser thing, pretty much every photo in that story is a car doing something crazy. And like, you know, I love the Henry J on page 101, Piston Broke, that thing's a cool looking car too. I especially oh. love over the page, Gun Runner down the bottom. I think that's awesome too, the 52 Chev. There's so much great stuff that's associated with that whole nostalgia drag scene. And basically drag challenge, and then you've also got this Trans-Tasman challenge, plus also uh, the Salt Lake racing stuff. This issue is just jam-packed with really cool car events. You know what I mean? So I think there's so much great stuff there and some great photography that go with it and and awesome cars like people in our sport are doing a lot of different things from a lot of different avenues and i think that's what makes it really cool as well see that you're talking about that 63 pontiac gas of that blown thing skippy yeah yeah i bet you he's cocks way bigger than mine <laughs> possibly Fuck, that's yes. a cool car it is isn't it? yeah yeah oh, sorry i just had i didn't notice it when i was looking through I didn't realize how fucking tough it is it is super tough and i mean that's the whole thing too like 
Why, that's why it's cars like that is why I built old days years and years ago. If we're looking through the old 60s super stock books, I just love that. And I'd love an I-beam under that so badly, but it's just not possible in Australia to, well, you know, unless you're going to spend like 25 grand to do that. But yeah. I just love that whole look, you know. So if I could run an I-beam in a supercharger, I'd be set. I've got a tough shot, but I'm actually going to use that as my, my tough shot. I've got a, another tough shot, but fuck so, man, I'm besotted with that thing. It's cool. <laughs> right, right so, what's your tough shot? My my tough shot. Page eight. Oh yeah, okay, yep. There's Danny Zuko and Jake Blues, two well-known drag racers, are standing behind Disturbia. Okay. You know Danny Zuko from Greece and Jake Blues from the Blues Brothers. That is a fucking cool photo. I mean, them them two guys have got some pretty big reputations because they do some excellent stuff. And, and they've, they've hit it on the head. They've nailed it on the head, definitely. They've gone, give us this yeah. in. Let's do it. I thought it was Leroy and Jerome standing behind there. That actually was a, a special mention pick for me, that shot. Look, okay, and it's not that in any way I'm biased because it's Disturbia, which obviously is my van, but I just love that shot. And, you know, those guys are so much fun. Had a good laugh with them through the. And I just think it's a great... I just think it's a fun photo. You know, it just shows well, everything's of... not serious, serious all the time. And I think it just, yeah, it matches well. So, yeah. Well, out of all the Trans Am front end Chrysler panel vans that are at Drag Challenge, it's probably my favourite. It kind oh, of reminds good, me of a, Good to hear. It kind of reminds me of an LS1 converted HT in absolutely no fucking way at all. You know, it's funny. If I ever blow the motor up, that it's getting a carbide LS1. I don't care what anyone says. But... I've seen a distributor conversion on the LS1. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yep. And they're yep. fun. I've already it's... looked into it all. Yeah, I've got no problem with that. The. Um, I obviously picked the Tawley and the Chromiers are my words, my favourite words in the magazine. But I just want to mention this one as well. In Letter of the Month, there's a gentleman, Jamie Hudson, and he's had brain surgery for chari malformation. So I Googled that and had a bit of a look, mate. It's fucking horrible, eh? It's the downward displacement of the lower part of the brain. And when he was in hospital, some fucking absolute dog stole his 308 auto out of his burnout car. Oh, his... yeah, that's terrible, eh? I just don't get the mindset of some people you know it's a dog just act like, to do to start with yeah. but to, to do it to someone who's already doing it tough you know I just hope those people burn in hell to be honest yeah, I like that. so what I, I done is um, he said has anybody got any bits and pieces or somebody can help me out so I actually contacted him through our phone slapper thing and I said look mate um, I've got an old four barrel here and I've got an old uh, electronic ignition out of a 308 so uh, you and I decided we're going to send that down to him just going to ask anybody that's listening if they've got any bits and pieces wouldn't it be great if we manage to get something, anyone, if anyone's got anything, we'll, we'll, we'll help to get it there or I'll help to get it there, whatever. If we can get in some bits and pieces, he can be contacted at um, H-U-D-D-O-1967 at Outlook.com. So that's Hutto1967 at Outlook. But he can be contacted through Street Machine Magazine or through the Fong Slappers either. So just want to have a mention of that guy, and I hope you're feeling a bit better, mate. Um, if anybody's got anything, let's get together and see what we can get. It wouldn't it be cool if we actually managed to get him an engine together or something, but... Yeah, most yeah. definitely. Yeah, and that's, that's that's kind of like I've said before, the selflessness, especially that you display, and that's that's got to be, you know, something that I hope that people get on the bandwagon with and can help us to support him, for sure. And, like, he's obviously gone through some pretty terrible, terrible shit, and it's just be really good to see him, you know, get something back that he's obviously, his, his escape, like his enjoyment, escape from all the everyday troubles. So, um, yeah, that's, yeah that's... kind of amend them as quick as possible. Radio Red, have you got any other special mentions or action shots you'd like to discuss? Yes, I do. I have actually uh, a 
photo from Sunday to uh, on any Sunday section of the mag, and it's from KT Thompson. And it's two boys from the tribe, from my tribe. There's two rangers together. And you have a look at their face. They're tribal, mate. Straight up. Oh, they are. You know what's funny with that photo? The guy in the background, he looks like the guy from Terminator 2 that we spoke about. <laughs> so you know? Yes, it does, definitely. We've it got, does. We've got uh, Daryl Chalmers on page 121 in his fucking undies. Oh, what's the go with that? That was kind of almost a bit disturbing. Yeah. But, He's just flat back 200 mile per hour Falcon. He just done 200 miles an hour. Another <laughs> tough, very, very tough shot is Evil 434. It's Raham Tars, Matt Black XD Falcon on page 84, the reverse cowl. And it looks oh, as mean. Yeah. It looks as yeah. mean as 5 a.m. Monday morning. Eh? Yeah, it's, definitely. And it was mean to see it on the roads too for doing drag challenge. Very tough, tough ute for sure. My last special mention or tough, I'm not sure where, it's my cool shot. Is that 57 Chev Ute with the chopper in the back? Oh, yeah. Look, I, that must thing, that thing must have been chopped down for maybe a station wagon or something like that. But it is super cool. I'd love to see some more photos of that thing. Most definitely. It's not yeah. a motorcycle. That's a chopper. Hidden gem for me is on page 73. It's Jamie Farmer's Hailgate. Uh, on the yeah. left-hand side, bottom of it, there's a really cool sticker. and it's, uh, People can discover it. Mate, I'll have to check that out myself, actually. I'm not really too sure what's going on there, but it is a cool shot how the tailgate's off the car completely, too. Kind of made me, made me laugh as well. I've got a few special mentions. First of all, page 12, Mark Saw's HQ-fronted HJ1 Tunner. You know, the one that's the camper van with a 308. That thing's super cool. Uh, I saw it on Drag yeah. Challenge. Loved it. Yeah. Um, I love that fiberglass HQ Statesman that's talked about in the uh, Your Stuff section where they're saying that it's an original model from GMH. I think that's super cool. Um, the Green EH Holden in Facebook, Style Council, page 24, with 12 slotters, sunroof, front spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Awesome car. That's obviously a, a previous feature car from the 80s. I think that thing looks tough. Lastly for me, for special mention, was on page 118 in the White Goods, the salt racing uh, story there. It's Jeff Jones's Turbo K55 Corolla. I just think that thing looks super tough. It runs a, runs a turbocharged Mang Mang VNV6. And just that car looks cool. And what a car. You know, the Salt Lakes, people bring everything and anything out to do racing with that. So I think that car's pretty cool. So it'd be because nice it to see a K Corolla that's not blowing smoke out of the exhaust too. You remember that? <laughs> like back in the day when you saw like cars like blowing smoke, it was either, either going to be... Because you don't really see cars blow smoke these days. But in the, in the old days, yeah. if you saw a car blowing smoke, it was a K Corolla or as a Sigma or as a Ford, like a KB Laser. It was something like that. Do you remember those days? Definitely a Sigma. I think fuel injection changed the... Uh, you know, you, you'd be going on holidays. You used to see cars broken down. I'd pull up and help people if they'd done a fan belt or, you know, their tyre or something would help people. Now you just don't see cars broken down as much. Even a you know, $16,000 brand new Korean car fucking thing spins for 300,000 Ks. Yeah, with like no oil in them. But it, it's funny, the other day yeah, I was actually I in traffic driving to work and I could see these big puffs of smoke like sort of coming from a car. I couldn't quite make out what sort of car it was. But a few cars ahead of me in traffic, you just see these big sort of puffs of smoke as in like when a car was driving off blue smoke as it was yeah. doing gear changes. And I'm thinking to myself, man, it's got to be like a Corolla or is it a Sigma? <laughs> I was kind of having this debate with myself about what sort of car it was. Because like I said, every time, it was like gear changes. You just see these puffs of smoke come out as the, as the car was going. Yeah. But, but you know what it was? 
What? Just take your wildest guess and you're still not going to get it right. Magna. No, but good call. Good guess, <laughs> but no. It was some millennial fuckwit driving a car vaping. You know, like that kind of weird smoking they do where it blows out like a bushfire of smoke every time you draw on it. You know, vaping? Yeah. Some blokes, some blokes in his car vaping and it looked like a car blowing smoke out of the exhaust. That's how much smoke was coming out of the driver's window every time he was that, pulling on that, that thing. tobacco or meant to be like nicotine? I have absolutely no idea about vaping or whatever it is. I just know that I'm watching this car and I honestly thought it was a car blowing smoke, like on the power, (laughs) on the power and then it'd stop and then like as if it was changing gears and on the power again. But no, it was just some guy vaping as he was driving. That's funny as fuck. Have you got a... um... It was just ridiculous. That's what it was. But anyway. It's a millennial. Have you got a readers, right? Uh, I do, but if I can, I might yeah. just try and pull the sleeper in. I love that um, Michael Ray's 240GL Volvo with the L98 and the Tremec 6-speed. That car, that thing was awesome. <laughs> Pretty cool. I think I got Very some, cool. I think a 2002 Street. No, oh, I got a load of Street Machines the other day. There's a few Volvos in there. I have to, I'll, I'll go back in and read and find out what, I'll get back to you on that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just that car. I just love the combination of it. I just think it's a lot of fun. And he's got prized by having a... He's had a previous 240 with a 350 Chevron top loader. But the, the thing I like about sleepers especially is not just the fact that they look like nothing but go like stink. It's kind of the the budget side of it can be really good too. But just also the MacGyver side. Like this guy, he's got an Explorer diff in it, like Ford Explorer diff. Like who would ever think to use the Ford Explorer diff? But when you think about it, it's a perfect option. It's built for four-wheel drive, so it's super strong. It's five-stud, so you get, like, as in five-stud Ford yeah. button, so you can run your normal Ford wheels or whatever the case may be. And he's used the Explorer tail shaft. Like, that's full old-school thinking outside the square, using, you know, the best equipment that might be, and I mean, Explorer if it'd be cheap to buy. Yeah. Like, it's definitely. kind of, I really, I really like the ingenuity that goes with a lot of these sleeper builds, definitely. So, yeah. How about it's yourself? It. I went to Volvo, I just finished on the Volvo a couple of years ago. I was, you know, I've got a Moxie, it's a Volvo Moxie, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. I was working on my hat, put an oil cooler out on them, just out in this paddock, middle of nowhere, so the fuck it, there's no, no one here. But I'm working on the fucking Swedish, you know, European thing, so I put some Abber on. I get underneath the truck, under the bonnet, <laughs> and I'm working is that away. To fully, is that to fully get into the right mode, yeah, the right frame of mind for it? Awesome. I, I'm getting out of the right frame of mind for it, so I'm working on the thing, and then I remember that I'd called the boiler truck up to come and blow a bolt off for me. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, I just got back up and I was out of the corner of my eye. I see the boily truck just coming over really close. Man, I just full-legged it off the back of that Volvo, dove in through the window of my filter. Abba, the Metallica just got it done as the boilies got out. So for them, they wouldn't have heard me listen to Abba. Imagine the shame. <laughs> yeah. So they heard you listen to Metallica and thought you were pretty cool. Is that oh, what yeah. you He's a mad dog. He's a mad dog. <laughs> my uh, readers read Brock Gunning's 66 Mustang oh yeah the three, red one yep. with 383 Stroker what I like about the Mustang yeah is uh, the interior photo the cage the seat the shift I'm a driver and that looks like a fun place to be oh definitely yeah it's a cool it's got a real 80s it's, theme about it that build almost doesn't it I just like that yeah, it's a real old it's, school drag car yeah it's the second red car I've chosen in my readers right. It's the second yank in a row. Well, of course, the last time I chose that oh, oh. tomorrow. I remember last time. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. So. Developing a theme. Yeah, mate. That's it. 
And uh, before we wrap up episode 10, is there anything else from the June issue of Street Machine magazine you wanted to chat about? Yeah, I did. What did you think of the cover shot? Yeah, pretty cool. Big fan of that V8. I mean, I love the way he chose to run a bench seat in the front. I just think that's such a cool, different idea. And I like reading about the fact that he used an HR seat. Again, it's that whole thing of people you know, looking outside the square for, for ways to achieve their projects and what they want to do. So, no, it's cool. What about yourself? I like the way the actual photo itself. I, you know, the car's cool. I just talk about the photo. I like the way that the bonnet is just sort of half cracked open. It's not like fully open. It's like the difference between a a, th- a 3X gentleman's magazine and one with 4Xs, you know, a gentleman's magazine. <laughs> just a teaser, it's you just, reckon? They're revealing just a, a teaser. It hasn't got the wide open, say, you know, a vulgar display of its internals. It's just kind of like teasing. And when you add that to the number plate, stinky. <laughs> I think maybe walking the line of having to do, you know, the do-gooding committee might say, oh, you know, that's a, that's a bit... Sexual, we can't have that in the in the workshop, you know. The government could reclassify <laughs> it. And something, have you got the magazine in front of you? I do, yeah. Open, yeah. Up, open up the cover to 90 degrees. Open it up. Are you doing it? Open up. I've got the cover. I'm looking yep. at the magazine. Turn yep. it 90 degrees, yes. Open it 90 degrees like you're going to read it. Open it straight up and down. Like a mad magazine? Yep. yep. Okay. And did you see you can shave the back bumper bar off where the crease is? See, when you open it, it shaves the back bumper bar off. Oh, sorry. I was opening it up like a mad magazine. I've now got it sideways and I'm looking at it back to front. Yeah, actually, yeah. You can too. Oh, no, yeah. I didn't know. You just reminded me. I didn't know. That's a throwback from the mad magazine where you make one photo from the other one. Mate, I've forgotten about that. Yeah. I've just bent the shit out of my magazine now. Thanks very much for that. Yeah, see, but that's okay. You can the bumper from where the crease <laughs> how the How the fuck do you come up with this shit? Seriously, like, what do you just sit there and look? I'm actually, I actually turn the magazine at 90 degrees, like so it's sideways, and I'm lifting up the cover, looking at the rocket industries out on the inside, going, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And then we sorted about shaving the bumper. <laughs> then I've actually turned around and I've got, I'm looking at the front cover and the back cover at the same time, and you can see that. But you know what the coolest thing about this whole thing is? I bet you after listening to this, people are going to be sitting there trying to do exactly the same thing, and it's worth doing. <laughs> Definitely. And that's actually one thing I wanted to mention just quickly. One thing I I really love about this interaction we're having with people like saying Instagram or Facebook is people saying that they're actually, as we do our reviews, they've got the magazine in front of them going through it, looking at the pages we're looking at. And that's really cool. And then people also send us messages saying, oh, hey, listen, went through June, you know, Street Machine or whatever. And this is my rig of the month was blah, blah, blah. And they explain why. So, you know, by all means, Please feel free to send us messages like that. We should almost do like a little, maybe a little bit of a pro forma that we can that we can post up on one of our pages. Where right, tell us your rig of the month. Tell us what your favourite action Jackson shot yeah, is. What it. was your poster child this month, and why? Because I love I love like hearing about what you know makes I guess stuff tick for people. Like in the magazine, what is it they see? It's just like when I talk to you about it, and you point out something in a car that I've missed completely, or vice versa. And someone might say. Oh, look, I love that VH Commodore because I like the way he's kind of done like a bit of a muscle stripe, almost like a pseudo, you know, GDR flute yeah. front guard that goes into stripes, like stuff like that. So by all means, feel free to contact us by Instagram or at our email address, which is thongslappers, one word. Not the thongslappers, just thongslappers at optusnet.com.au or message us on Instagram or even via Facebook and we'll be sure to uh, have a bit of a read. So, we, you know, we like that interaction with people for sure. 
I'll do that now with Brett Abraham. He gives me his tough shots and bits and pieces. And yeah, just when we're joking around during the during the month kind of thing, you yeah. know. Yeah, no. but that's it. Like you know, the more people who do that, like we we always interest and we appreciate people making the effort for that. So that's the go. On that note, mate, that's episode ten done and dusted. Can I just say? Fuck, we've had some technical difficulties trying to get this fucking episode done. Bad internet. I don't know what's going on up your way. Cloud cover down this way. But I tell you what, it's been struggle town. So we hope it comes up okay for you guys. I told you about my little laptop I bought about eight years ago. Before iPhones were good, you know. And we used to do your your banking and bits and pieces. I had out the back, you know, that the table of truth we call out the back where we sit next to just my little tool there. And so, yeah, I've enjoyed a steak there before. You have. We couldn't, I, they, you know, and you used to log on and say you can't do it. And so this laptop I had by that age, it was about four years old and I'd had a fucking enough of it. So fucking launched it into the pool, just left it there with disgust. And at that time I was working away a lot and I was living here by myself. So I had a, a guy that used to live up the road, he's come around and clean the pool once a month and he's a bit he's a bit special. So he rings up and he goes, Mr. Shears, has a laptop in your pool. I said, you can fucking have it. He's like, thanks, and hung up. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> because with computers, I think the temptation for me is to ram its uh, Facebook into its YouTube. <laughs> Jesus, thank God you're not on more social media than you are. On that note, mate, we've just got to thank our adult supervisors, Lucy and Deb. Thank you for their constant support and just putting up with our dumb shit, <laughs> let's be honest. And uh, also to Jackie and Nick, Macker and Harry. So, mate, episode 11. Now... It's time to move on. It's time to move on to a different decade, finally. And I'm going to put it to you, 1978. Excellent. Is that the intro? No. Oh. No. No, I'm finishing up episode 10. (laughs) I'm a fucking idiot. We're going to talk about 1978. Are you ready for that one? Oh, wow. There's so much what we call fodder. You know, we call about fodder with There is so much stuff from 1970. I'm drooling. This is going to be a bloody ripper, mate. It is, and mate, wait till you start looking at movies that came out in 1978. Movies and TV shows, you were just going to be like a blubbering mess on the floor with the awesomeness. It's crazy. I know. How I many Gen X-specific got... movies were made in 1978? You're going to lose your shit. I've got a very good film for 1978. Me too, and I bet you 10 bucks says it the same one. Okay, on the count of three, say that so you say the movie you were talking about, and I'll say the movie I'm talking about. I bet you it's the same movie. Okay, ready? Three, two, one, convoy. Debbie does Dallas. Oh, damn it. <laughs> All right, mate. I'll chat to you in episode 11. Right, that's all, mate. Take care. See you, mate. Bye. See you, buddy.